Dewey Do, a podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Stephan, alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogey. Okay, here we are. Episode 12 of the What Do We Do podcast. Kyle Bogey, Dewey Stefan, and we are matching for episode 12. How about this? For anyone that's watching on the video, uh, both in pink. That means it's going to be a good day, right? Bogey. Real men wear pink. Have you heard this? <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but we're going to go with that today, okay? Hey, everybody, Dewey Stefan here. <laughs> what a start uh, to the episode. Look, we got uh, a pretty detailed dive into what it takes to save for your children's college fund. It is one of the most important things that you can do, and it's one of those things that you need to get started on as early as humanly possible. So we are going to pick Dewey's brain here over the next 25 or 30 minutes uh, because it, it really is, Dewey, just initially you know, your thoughts. It, it is one of the most important things that you can possibly do in your life is to try to set your kids up to, to go to college. Well... Absolutely, with the cost to go to college as high as it is. And only going up. <laughs> only going up. They say 3 to 5% a year is very uh, low-end inflation on higher learning prices. So, yes, indeed. And, and just, you know, I guess the uh, initial thoughts on that, it's amazing to me how much these institutions continue to raise tuition, continue to raise costs for every the room and board, whatever it takes. Uh, to me, it has gotten completely priced out, even though it is a great investment and it's something you know you absolutely should do if you're going into specific fields. But it's just it's out of this world that we're setting people up potentially unless you can have an unbelievable savings plan setting people up to immediately go into a ton of debt and oh then by the way you're going to get a mortgage probably after that and go into a little bit more it's just it is an incredible system that we have but that's why it's so important uh, what we're going to talk about today and that's saving for your kids college fund you got it bogey and so we're going to do um, our best to go through again the different vehicles you can use to help you save for college, right? We'll talk a little bit about the price it costs now and maybe will cost in the future for college. We'll also talk about the pros and the cons of even going to college anymore, right? With all that's going on now with COVID-19 and virtual learning, there's a lot of new data that is out there that suggests that if you're paying the full price, you should get the full experience. If you're not going to get the full experience, you shouldn't have to pay the full price. And so we'll kind of go real quick into some of the pros and cons out there of even is higher degree, you know, worth it the same way it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, etc. So it'll be fun. And let's get into it. A lot to chew on. Uh, and again, we appreciate you guys subscribing, downloading, sharing, commenting, liking, all the feedback uh, you know that we have been getting from you guys on the What Do We Do podcast. It really is appreciated. And again, if you're looking for more information, some good reading material, you want to find out uh, a little bit more about what Great Lakes Wealth uh, does here and what Dewey and his team do, you can go to greatlakeswealth.us. So I guess for starters, let's start with when you want to actually begin thinking about saving for college. So, you know, my situation, you know, I, I, I turned 30, uh, you know, almost a year ago, I'll be 31 in a couple of weeks, actually. And I just had my first child. Okay. Just a few months back. 
I didn't start thinking about even potentially remotely uh, saving for you know my future you know child's college fund uh, up until we actually had her. Is that a mistake? Should people even before you have a child? Is this something that you should be considering before you even start thinking or trying to have a baby? Great question. And we have actually advocated that before you start planning for your child's education, you better be planning for your own retirement, right? A child can either get loans, figure out school if it's a newborn, you know, in 18 years or whatever. But before we start worrying about the next generation, we need to start worrying about ourselves. And so we've mentioned this in prior episodes across the board, especially as it relates to COVID-19. But number one, before we recommend any investor start to tackle child's uh, education, they need to make sure that they have all their own debt paid off, right? You need to have six, three to six months of escrow cash in the bank put aside for a rainy day. We talked about how that would have lessened the blow of the COVID-19 pandemic when it hit March, April, May. If you would have had that three months set aside or six months, here we go. We would have been way better off and less panicked otherwise. And, so, and, and that's not, you know, to say that, you know, you are preparing for the worst are you having negative thoughts or anything it's just you know what it, it it allows you to sleep at night if you have that backing if you know okay something crazy could happen company could go out of business i could lose my job pandemic could happen you know that you and your family are covered for at least three to six months if you have to go on a job hunt and that really is nice peace of mind to have Unexpected costs, whatever they may be, mm -hmm. right? So you have to have three to six months put aside if you want to start building a financial future the right way. Next is, again, we talked about retiring debt or renegotiating your debt, whether that's on your mortgage, on your home, certainly high interest-bearing credit cards. But in this day and age, when you can get a mortgage lower than 4%, you should be able to um, have all of your debts that are serviceable at very fair rates because rates have come down so much. So number one, three to six months of unexpected costs set aside, put in the bank as escrow, and then um, pay off your debt or renegotiate your debt to very favorable terms, especially in this environment. And then third, we talked about in one of those prior episodes, Bogey, about investing in your 401k, 403b, or retirement vehicle through work, right? And then if, if they do a match, you certainly better put in up to amount that they will match. Mm -hmm. That's free money. But even if they don't match, before you start putting money away for junior, you better put some money away for senior. <laughs> the big dog yeah. before the puppy dog. Forget, you follow about, me? forget about the kids for a second, right? right? We got to worry about ourselves and our future right. comfort. No, and again, it's, it's, it's a hard... <laughs> I'm kidding. It, no, it's a, it's a, it's a hard... Uh, um, you know, analysis to make yeah. it's not singular, but in the big picture, you have to take care of those that are older before you take care of those that are younger. Set yourself up, or again, I don't know if it's not really a cliche, but it's kind of something funny. You will be moving in with your kids when you are retired. You know, you're going to move in with them, and they're going to have to take care of you because you didn't have enough to take care of yourself. Well, and see, but that's also incentive to save for their college fund because you know you want them to be incredibly successful and have the money to be able to take. Take you in and take care of you there down you the line, go. right? Perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it's my an three children. On both ends. I love my three children, and uh, <laughs> we we hope wonderful things for their future. But 
I don't know if I expect to be moving in with any of them ever. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, but with that, let's get into, again, some of the mm-hmm. simple numbers of saving for college. Fair enough? So, again, once you are taking care of or renegotiating some of the debts that you may have, uh, making sure that you have three to six months ready to go in case like rainy day fund, essentially, or, you know, just something happens, something life-changing ultimately changes. Make sure you have all of that ready to go and then start looking at potentially saving, uh, you know, for your child or for your children, potentially, because you have three. So once you get to that point, then what are you considering and, and what, you know, should you be looking at in, in investing in? Yeah. So then you need to go and look at what it is you're trying to solve for. And so in this case, it's solve for college, right? So you need to go and figure out what is it going to cost? And you can go all over the internet. You can go to our website, greatlakeswealth.us for some calculators, but all over the internet are places where you can go to get assumed costs for future years of college, depending on your child's age, (laughs) to the current cost, right? And so with that, it's estimated that this year, a four-year public school on average will be $26,590. Let's round that up to $27,000 for this coming year in the fall if it happens and in a private institution is over 50,000 right 53,980 let's just round that up 20 bucks to 54,000 bucks that's for one year First of all, I'll, I'll be the jerk. What a racket, right? It's unbelievable. Go ahead. Well, again, I'm in, it, it is a racket, but again, the pros of going to college, there are many, and we'll get into mm-hmm. them. So it's a racket, but you could argue that it's a racket for your home. It's a racket for cars you drive, country clubs that you might belong to. So you'd also need to very seriously prioritize your mm-hmm. dollars and make sure that you're putting the essentials before the non-essentials. They do like in going to college the next biggest thing to buying a home. So you need to make that decision. And if you can help your child make that decision on the way, you know, all the more power to you. And, and, um, and it's fantastic. So we now can calculate and go out to the year 2028, 2029. So let's call it 10 years out. So if now this year, a four year public institution is 27,000 per year to go to school and it'll uh, it'll increase each year during the four years just so you know but it's estimated that in the year 2028-2029 it will be 41,000 to go to a public institution and 84,000 rounded to go to a four-year private school this is all according to the college board by the way so do the math times it by four times it by five if you're going to uh, double major triple major <laughs> uh, and it's going to cost a lot of money right so you got to tackle it and they say uh, a cliche out there how do you eat an elephant bogey have you heard this no. how do you eat an elephant i i haven't heard that one bite at a time <laughs> okay <laughs> You haven't heard that one? Well, there we go. Fantastic. So with your saving for college and saving for your retirement, another episode, one bite at a time, one day at a time, and just do what you can, little by little. Well, I'm glad I didn't have coffee in my mouth as you were uh, throwing out those numbers. And again, you can uh, check this out at greatlakeswealth.us because the college costs are just absolutely soaring. So you also, uh, on the website, have a little bit of a breakdown of how much potentially you could put in you know, each month, you know, hundred dollars, three hundred, five hundred, you know, whatever you want to essentially put in, and then over the years, how much it will grow, three, five, seven, ten years down the line, to make sure that there's enough money in there for college once you know your son or daughter turns eighteen. 
correct? Yes. But before we get into how you pay for this large number, Mm -hmm. we first, as we said, need to figure out when your child's going to go to school. Is it 2020, 2025, 2030? So then let's go in and we will do a calculator to figure out what the assumed cost is, right? And then we can discuss whether you need to... uh, pre-fund or fully fund those four years, we kind of take an approach of start with just targeting half of it. Target half, and hopefully it's not when they're 17 and they're going to be going in one year to make up the other half. But rather than, again, trying to eat the whole elephant, if you will, <laughs> just try, again, to target half. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. <laughs> um, but with that, there are multiple, I'm going to say seven, eight, nine different strategies that you can pursue to help you cover these costs, right? Some programs out there are specific for college planning. You may get some tax deductions for doing it. You might get the opportunity to prepay at today's prices for tomorrow's uh, university costs. So I'm going to go through those real fast just so listeners can write them down. And then we'll talk about how you kind of do the math to figure out how you get to the end of the um, payment plan. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So one of the I'm most- I'm following your lead today. Yeah, well, good. Well, again, one of the most common plans is called the Coverdale plan, the uh, Coverdale Educational Savings Account, known as the ESA. And so this is a plan where you can put up to $2,000 away a year. So it's not a mega amount of money. You're not going to cover all the costs with just the 2000 per year per child. There are some maximum income requirements that are there as well. But to start with the Coverdale, that actually isn't just for post-12 or you know um, your higher education of college. You can also use some of it for the K-12 through as well. Anyway, so usually one of the first starting points is at the Coverdale Educational Savings Account, known as the ESA. After you've uh, explored the Coverdale, then kind of the, the most spoken of or understood these days as a vehicle is the 529 plan, 529 plan. Have you heard of this? I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. The 529 actually has two different components. One is kind of pay as you go. And the other one is prepaid. So a prepaid 529 plan to start with, you can actually go uh, to the state that you are looking at and you actually don't have to be figuring out what state you're child will go to college in, you just go to the state that you're in currently that you live in Mm -hmm. and you can type in and they will tell you if you put in X today, we will guarantee your child can go to school down the road based upon, you know, his or her age. So Blake's not even one, right? But you can calculate out 17 years and you can do the math and it's a discount. So as long as you come (laughs) up with the money today, right, you can get maybe half off. So let's just say the four-year college in-state is going to be, I don't know, 150000 down the road. Okay. Okay, depending on her age and how many semesters and this and that. You might be able to write one check now, if you could, for, say, sixty five, seventy thousand. right? So maybe just less than half of what it would cost. Okay. So if you have that money sitting around, write the check. The state of Michigan would guarantee that you know your child could go for, again, whether it's one semester or two. So you can do all these calculations and prepay for the college. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you just have to kind of do a, a, an analysis to see if the time value of money is better spent with the state or with you and those types of sure. things. But in Michigan, it's called the MET, Michigan Educational Trust, MET, right? And so the 
prepaid one option. Any parents out there that, or the child's grandparents, maybe a little whisper in their ear, hey, grandma, grandpa, little 529 prepaid, what do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, is always a solution too. And we are serious that there are a lot of grandparents out there that do try to help out their uh, grandchildren. And we'll talk here in a few minutes about ways they can do that without having to write a big old check. But prepaid 529 is one. Okay. The pay as you go 529, the more standard 529 is where you just put the money in. You as the adult own it. Uh, the majority person is the owner of the account and there's a beneficiary, which is the child. And you can put in a big chunk. You can put in a little bit each month, do what you want to do. And it's always the person of majorities, the adult's money. But if it's benchmarked for and used for that beneficiary and their college expenses, then whatever it grows to, there's no taxes on that withdrawal. And very similar to a 401k or 403b or other type of traditional investment, you can put it into mutual funds or other vehicles that could grow it. So you with me so far? Yeah, absolutely. Is that something then too, because I've, I've heard about this and I know you know, some of my family, some, you know, friends, family and all that will do instead of, you know, getting seven birthday presents or seven Christmas presents every year, you get four or five presents and then you toss $50 in, I'm assuming an account like this, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Right. And I, and I mentioned that in one of our prior episodes, mm-hmm. that that's a great technique that a parent can do without, you know, asking their parents or asking, you know, person to person for some money just suggest that hey we have a college account set up 529 here's the account if you'd number. like to if yeah. you'd like to 25 bucks 50 dollars sure. whatever the case is and so again um, rather than another teddy bear or <laughs> yeah know, we, don't, we don't need all these toys I, no. I don't have a big enough house for five or seven toys from every person right. you know well, you know Crazy. when Blake's sleeping you play with them a little bit have some fun right <laughs> yeah. no so that right so that is a that's a way where you don't have to have a lot of money to just start and number mm-hmm. one at Great Lakes Wealth we say whatever you're doing First thing is start now. Start now. So you can, again, go to MESP, Michigan Educational Savings Plan, MESP, and they have a state plan for Michigan. Just Google your state. Google the plan. There are other uh, benefits besides tax free growth if it's used for college depending on the state you're in. You might get a tax deduction for putting money in. Each state is different. You don't have to, again, invest in the state's plan that you live in. You can pick other ones. You don't just want to do it, you know, arbitrarily and haphazardly. Do your work. As we always say, do your work. Talk to a professional. There are all kinds of strategies in investing in the 529 plan, but absolutely for as little as, you know, $25 a contribution, you can get on your way. So, and this is probably something that you're going to get to anyway, but I'm just going to, you know, jump ahead to it, you know, perhaps and maybe go out of turn. Once you actually have the money in the account, then annually, it's going to go up by what what percentage? You know, how much is it, the compound interest essentially going to be? Well, that's great. It depends on what you invest in. So all these plans, the benefits are again, money in the bank earns you know half of a percent if you're lucky right now. Mm-hmm. So again, with a diversified portfolio, all of these plans have options where you can be in cash or a stable value or something where you just don't lose what's in there. But you can try to grow it. You can aggressively grow. Uh, typically here at Great Lakes Wealth, we recommend you go with the age based plan that they offer. So the younger the uh, beneficiary, the younger the child, if mm-hmm. you will, the more it's going to be in the stock market because they have time on their side, right? So the market mm-hmm. goes up and down, up and down. But it averages, you know, close to eight or 9% per year over the last hundred years, give or take the market we're talking about. So eight or nine per year versus money in the bank at 0.8 or 0.9 a year, uh, maybe give a little bit more than that over time. Mm-hmm. But you're better off, again, investing in a diversified portfolio. And so if the child is, you know, 
one years old, the majority of the money might be in the market with just a little bit in bonds or safer investments, right? Mm-hmm. If the child is 17 years old, then the majority of that money has been just rotated over time and moved into where maybe almost all of it is in the safe pile and just a little bit is in the investment pile so that you're not going to have this situation of timing where the child's going to school and it happened to be, you know, March 1st of this year. So a sequence challenge can be avoided by going with the age-based plan. So as the child ages, the portfolio becomes more and more conservative. So we typically recommend that, and then you can override it. So if again, if there's a market drop like we had, and you've done your work and talked to your advisor, you can then go more equity. And same thing, if you're at a, tie, if you're at a high point or a situation where you really recognize you can't have a, a major drawdown or it may affect a larger plan, then you can, again, rotate it all out of the market. But general, let the markets be your friend over time. Is there, with these different plans, is it a specific percentage, a specific number? Is it, you know, is it just depending on what program you're actually going with, how much it will grow, you know, each year over the next several years? So, again, none of it's guaranteed growth. It's all random. It's just, again, for the listeners out there, think of it as another version of your 401k Mm -hmm. or your 403b or any other type of mutual fund. There's going to be ebbs and flows. Yep. And the more you add, the more you, quote unquote, dollar cost average. You've heard us talk about that before. The more you put in over time. You'll smooth that out. But either way, you got to get started and you don't have to put in $10,000, $25,000, or $50,000. You can put in $100, $200, $500, and you'll get to the same finish line. Just a whole you know, different way of getting to the same place. So you mentioned a couple of those plans. Are there any other plans specifically that you, know, you have discussed that you advise people to, to look into? Yes, yeah, so we're going to mention um, a handful of other ones. We're not going to stay on them very long at all. Uh, feel free, again, to talk to your financial professional. Do the work. Again, greatlakeswealth.us has a lot of resources. We have calculators. We have white papers on this. We also have four or five different types of white papers that aren't on the website, but we can certainly get you them easily. And they talk about the sticker shock, creative ways to lower the cost of college. How will I manage to send my child to college, right? How grandparents can help grandchildren with college costs, et cetera. So we have a lot of resources. This is, you know, after, again, retirement planning, this is probably the second most Mm -hmm. important type of planning you can do. So with that, some of the other plans, besides the Coverdale Educational Savings Account and the two 529 plans, Mm -hmm. prepaid and pay-as-you-go, there are custodial accounts. So these are called UGMA or UTMA, Unified Gift to Minor Accounts or Unified uh, Trust to Minor Accounts. And these are accounts that are actually in the child's name. And so there are some tax benefits, but there are also some ownership challenges. This is money that once it's in an UGMA or an UTMA, it is the child's money and whether they're five or 15 or 25. So it's not necessarily benchmarked for education, but there are some tax advantages. So that's one. Another one would just be a Roth IRA or an educational savings bond, even a traditional IRA, then ultimately a taxable account. So you can have a savings account for Blake, a savings account for Johnny. You could have a Roth IRA strategy in place. You can have educational savings bonds. You can have taxable accounts. All of these are other, you could have an insurance policy technically. So there's a lot of different ones, but the main ones, again, are the Coverdale educational savings account, the 529 plans, and the UGMA or up with the Roth IRA, is it is it different if you're saving for college for for educational purposes? Because 
you know, when you invest in a Roth IRA, it's what, 65 or, you know, whatever, that's when you can can tap into it or is there one withdraw where it's it's tax free? So great question. So the Roth IRA, you never have to uh, determine an age to take the money out. So a traditional IRA at 59 and a half, you can take it out without penalty. This year with COVID-19 and the CARES Act, you don't have to be 59 and a half. You can take up to 100,000 out sooner without that penalty. That was a subject you know, of a, of a mm-hmm. prior podcast. But as it relates to this, the Roth IRA is not, again, a primary funding vehicle for college savings. However, it is a strategy where you can put money in and then uh, there are your, your ability to take out your principle without any taxation, let the profits continue to grow. So again, it's not a primary strategy, but it's certainly one that um, sophisticated investors that have complicated situations can explore. Okay. So what, I, I guess, other important things would you emphasize here? You know, obviously working with clients, you know, even here at Great Lakes Wealth, what what would you want to pinpoint and, you know, make sure people know when it comes to saving for their, their child's college fund? So again, you start now and put in what you can and just do it consistently, right? Dollar cost average. Consider maybe the 529 plan would be, you know, the most sought after vehicle because it's a smaller dollar amount that can go in and you can have tax uh, free growth as long as the proceeds end up going for the beneficiary, i.e. the child's uh, college. So with that, we did some math and we do have a white paper on you know monthly investments rather than one big lump sum, right? And you referred to it a few minutes ago there, Bogey. If you looking at today's cost, right? And again, we said that it'll be 27000 for a public university for one year and over 54000 on average for a private uh, year of school. One way to combat that would be to put in just $100 a month, okay? And as long as you have time, then you can help Again, take a bite of that elephant, okay? (laughs) So for this, we just assume or we calculate a 6% annual return. So there's that compounded return Mm -hmm. that you talked about prior. So if you put in $100 and do it every month at a 6% annual compounded rate in five years, the $100 will have grown, you know, per month, will have grown to $7,000, okay? Not going to fund the whole thing, Mm -mm. but you're on your way. Yeah. Well, 10 years would be $16,000. And after 15 years would be 29,000. Okay, so now you've got one year of school perhaps covered. You know, if you would have started it uh, 15 years ago and your child's uh, heading away for one year at the University of Michigan this year. Although, yeah, by the time uh, Blake uh, is 18, I'll be almost 50, which is very depressing. Um, and it'll probably be, what, $50,000, maybe more than that by the time she's 18, which is crazy. Yep. So, again, you have to do what you can, but know the math. So, guess what? If you are diligent about saving, use the math and add a larger number. So, $500 a month. After five years, you've got $35,000. After 10 years, you've got $82,000. And after that same 15-year period, you have $145,000. Again, estimate on these calculations that we talked about. And that's about. taking a healthy chunk out of paying for you know all four years right there. For sure, right? And we talked maybe there's some scholarships. There's certainly tons of mm-hmm. ways to get financial aid. And that, again, we'll be switching subjects here in a, in a moment to talk about you know what is the true cost of going to school and is it worth it? But in that regard, again, you need to start somewhere. And, and you know, the sooner you get started, the better you'll be. But this is just a, you know, an illustration of what 
what is going to be happening, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, since you brought it up, we can, I think, veer off a little bit from that discussion, unless there's something else that you want to make sure you pinpoint on, on saving and, and what you should be doing and when. Just, again, do the work, mm-hmm. talk to a professional, do the research online, and if you start a 529 plan, as you said, you know, get little coupon books and pass them out with the invitation <laughs> to the party. Maybe, you know, put a little colored pink paper clip in there for Blake, you know, <laughs> happy first birthday and have a little coupon book. In, you know what they say, right? In lieu of gifts, yeah. donate <laughs> yes. money. In lieu of gifts, donate to uh, Blake's College Fund. So with that, again, just start a plan and don't bite off more than you can chew and make sure you're also continuing with your retirement for sure, as well as having the three to six months of emergency funds set aside and making sure that you've, um, you know, reconciled your debt and negotiated that properly. Well, if my family's listening, you know what to expect then for uh, Blake's first birthday next May. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times that we're in here in 2020. Do you want financial freedom? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. We build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments, better service, and a feedback guarantee. Okay, a feedback guarantee. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. You mentioned it, and I I find it uh, to be a fascinating thing, and we don't have to get into too much detail necessarily, but you you said outside of, I believe, buying a home, that going to college was, how did you phrase that, one of the most important things that you can do in your lifetime? Well, I think it's just, I think they say it's one of, the, it's like the second most expensive or the second most important decision yeah. financially That's to what buying it was. a yeah. home, right? So, yeah, and, with that, right, especially in this day and age, I read a report over the uh, weekend that said more than 93% of U.S. college students say tuition should be lowered if classes are online, right? Mm-hmm. And as we talked about in last week's episode about college football and if they're going to play or not going to play. It's the same thing with these colleges in terms of the classroom experience. Yeah. Right? Some schools, the marquee names like Harvard, are talking about it one way. Here locally, Eastern Michigan is talking about it a different way. And every week, it seems like some of these rules may be changing, whether it's a virtual classroom to on-campus learning. A lot that's going to be decided here in the next, you know, few weeks as the kids are heading to school, uh, heading to campus, and whether they're going to be sitting in their dorm and just learning on the laptop, or they're going to be in a classroom uh, auditorium. And, and it 100% should be the case, and I don't know how you you know feel about it, but if you're doing online learning or you're doing Zoom sessions with your professor and those are the classes that you're going to be doing and you're doing them you know, in your pajamas, uh, you know, maybe at your parents' home because you don't even want to be in the dorm, it thousand percent should be less or less than it would normally be if you were on campus room and board you know going to the class you know three days a week or whenever it is because there's a lot more value in and i can just speak for myself when you know i was in college 
having to force yourself to wake up. You know, if you're a night owl, you know, and you're up till, you know, three in the, mo- the, the morning hanging out, or maybe you're working late into the night or something, forcing yourself to get up at seven, being responsible, getting the class on time, you know, getting yourself dressed, uh, being in person, taking notes or typing notes, I guess, uh, in this day and age. I think having that schedule and being able to coach yourself into getting used to that, that's as big as sitting there and learning about, you know, finance. I have a great quote that I want to share with you and our podcast listeners. Are you ready this for this This is exciting, one? yeah. Are you ready for this one? We should add like a drum roll here or something. You know, this is one that I say around my house all the time to my children, and it drives them nuts. But I tell them, you go to college to learn, but hopefully you get an education too. How about that? Deep. Perfect. Deep. And and it's true. Deep, for sure. So you're absolutely correct. The experience, it's more than just the classroom. Um, And uh, I'll leave it at that. Well, it's it's, it's the pressure of being called upon, you know, randomly or something, you know, by that professor that wants to embarrass you. You know, it's there's so many different factors Uh, presenting in front of a group of 200 students or 50 students. If you go to a smaller college, that fear being able to get over with and in fact, deal with that is something that is going to be able to help you. I think once you get to, you know, here the big leagues, you know, here at Great Lakes Wealth, even, you know, or wherever you end up working potentially down the line. That's big. Well, so again, it goes to the greater question of, you know, do you even need college anymore? You know, some say that it's not worth the cost. It's not worth the debt. You don't even, again, in a normal environment, you don't learn as much as you would learn, um, you know, in the school of hard knocks. There's another one. How about this thing? The school of hard knocks. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. You don't just get out there and do it. So there is uh, quite a lot to uh, to debate on the subject yeah. for sure. And it's debilitating. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, sit here and, and complain and cry and, you know, all that. But student loans are, particularly the private ones, are absolutely debilitating when you're trying to advance and move forward and all that. So I get looking at both sides of it, looking at trade, looking at other things maybe that you could potentially do. Well, I'm going to uh, refer our podcast listeners to a great website that would talk about the pros and the cons of um, you know going to college. It is college-education.procon.org. Does a great job of just explaining, again, I think there's 17 pros and 17 cons to why you should go to college or not go to college. And as you talked about, it's the experience. There are some financial numbers. I'm just going to go through real fast from them, which is college graduates earn an average of $78,000 a year while the average earnings of a worker with only a high school diploma is $45,000 per year, right? So I don't know if that's 10 years after school or 20 years after school, but that's a substantial difference, $78,000 versus $45,000. A separate survey or a separate statistic from the Federal Reserve Bank in New York says that those that only have a high school graduation diploma are $30,000, while a bachelor's degree closer to $45,000. So whether that's a different time frame, but again, it's the same thing. It's almost a 50% discount if you don't have that college degree. So that's just a stat that's there. Also, an unemployment rate for Americans back in December 2019, so pre-COVID, if you had a bachelor's degree, the average unemployment rate for you was 1.9%. 
If you had an associate's degree, it was 2.7% unemployment. If you had a high school diploma only, it was 3.7% unemployment. And if you were a high school dropout, it was 5.2%. So again, some quick math or some quick statistics, I guess, to tell to share with you about just earnings and employment and take it for what it's worth. Yeah, and uh, look, if you want to look uh, at the numbers for yourself, you can go to greatlakeswealth.us. It's all right there. Uh, I think we covered uh, a great allotment of you know what you need to do, what you need to be thinking about, uh, and a good discussion as well about you know saving for your child's education. Um, that'll do it for another rendition of the What Do We Do podcast. Appreciate you guys subscribing, sharing, downloading, uh, your comments, everything. Uh, it's been a fun ride here, 12 episodes in. 12 episodes in, and we're just getting started. A lifetime to go. Knowledge is power. Take it one day at a time. Have a great week. See you next time. Opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.